0: You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Romans chapter number 4. Romans chapter 4 says this, verse 16, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. Everybody said the promise is sure. Not only that which is of the law, but also that which was of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Is written, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him who he, he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope. Y'all, y'all believe in hope. Amen. Are you having an expectation of what God's doing for you? Then he might become the father of many nations according to that which, is written, which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And be not weak in faith. And be not weak in faith. Well, that tells me that you could be weak in faith. You can have no faith, but you can also be weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was what? Strong in faith. Y'all want to be strong in faith? But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded, if you can be fully persuaded, you can be partially persuaded. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness, not as written for his sake alone that was imputed to him. But for us also who shall be imputed, if you believe on him that raised Jesus from the dead. I I got anyone in the room that believes who was delivered for our offenses and raised, again, for our justification. Last week, uh, the little time we had last week, because we just did a lot of worship and especially second service, but we all ended up in the same place, I want to remind you of this. It said, he quickened the dead and calls those things that be not, what? He doesn't call those things that are as though they are not. He calls what he wants. In other words, he didn't say darkness go away. He said what? In other words, I don't say to my body, quit being sick in Jesus' name. Just because you add Jesus' name on it does not make it a confession of faith. And I talked to you about the confession of faith and confession unto faith. Confessing unto faith is when you grab the Word of God, and even as you look at it, because you have an eye gate, an ear gate, and a mouth gate, you begin to say what God says. And, and maybe that you don't fully believe it or haven't released your faith yet, but faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That is a form of meditation. God told Joshua, if you want to be a success and you want to have good success, you, you have to begin with meditating the word. One of the greatest ways to meditate the word is for you to speak it, to you, you to read it, and for you to speak it out of your mouth. When it comes up out of your mouth, you, you, it goes right back into your ear gate, down in your mouth gate, and it produces the seed of the word of God. And the promise is sure, and it will produce some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. And so you have to speak the word of God and speak the word of God only. But then there comes a time when you have a confession of faith. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, When you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, what happens? When you believe that he was raised from the dead, you really believe that. And then you let that what's in your heart out of your mouth. You are then what? Born again. Born again you are born again and so there's a confession unto faith but there's also has to be a confession of faith are y'all with me and and so it's important that you continually speak the word of god now listen when you get the word of god in your heart and in your mouth things will begin to change and you'll be having more confessions of faith even because it'll become because the bible says we having the same spirit of faith come on you can have a spirit of faith. It's not just something a few people have. You can ha- it's up to you if you're going to have a spirit of faith. Having the same spirit of faith, faith we believed and therefore we did what? We, we spoke. What do we speak? We're speaking the Word of God. And then there's lots of things I didn't get to last week that I'm just going to give them to you real quick because I want to. Hallelujah. What happens when you speak the Word of God? First of all, in Psalms 103.20, angels begin to hearken to the voice of the Word of God. You want angels to work? You don't order them around. You speak the Word of God, and they hearken to what you say in faith. Everybody say, angels are working. The next thing that will happen is that everything that your salvation includes will become yours as you begin to speak the Word of God. So you got to talk the Word of God. Talk about, and listen, the Word of God says that, that um, your words can snare you and entrap you. Isn't that what Proverbs teaches us? Well, I believe if your words can snare you, the word of God can get you out of trouble. Amen. Come on, if you can be snared by the words of your mouth, I believe you can be loosed by the words of your mouth. Amen. And then uh, Revelation 12 11 says, We overcome how? By the blood of the Lamb and? How much word is in your testimony? How much word is in your testimony? A lot of people testify after a fact. We had one of those Wednesday night. That was fun. Pastor Rhonda had people testifying of what God has been doing. It was like a whole tell me something good. Uh, all Everybody on Wednesday night. It was amazing. And so if you weren't here for that, get a hold of that. Lots of things going on in lots of people's lives, and it's amazing. But if you want to overcome, they overcome. That's active, ongoing. How do you overcome? Put some word in your testimony. In other words, you're not testifying about what God has done in the natural. You're testifying about what God has done in the Word. And when you testify about what God has done in the Word, it will show up in the natural. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of your testimony. Amen. If you've got any mountains in your, in your way, what do you got to do? you got to talk to them. How do you talk to them? You talk to them with the Word of God. Amen. You talk to them with the Word of God. The Bible says in the book of James that you can steer your whole body or your whole life with your tongue. The Word of God is powerful. How many of you know, speaking the Word of God is not a movement. It's a truth that has been here since the garden and before the garden. Amen. So it seems to me that God needs words. It seems to me that God works with words. It's not a new major discovery of the the recent faith teachers. It's not. It's something that was lost and God emphasized. And we have to keep a hold of it as we move forward in these last days. In other words, don't ever drop what you've learned in order to pick up something new. So how I many you know the, the Word of God works? And, you know, someone gets concerned about you. You know, well, are you hanging out with those people who talk all the time, who name it and claim it? Yeah, I'm just like Jesus. It amazes me that the, the, the people, you know, they don't even know what they're talking about. When they're making fun of it, they're really making fun of him, the one they're supposed to be serving. He's the one that said, talk to the mountains. I didn't come up with that. I wouldn't have come up with that. I kind of think that's a little, you know, interesting. It's hard to say strange. It is strange. He talked to seas. He talks to fig trees. He talked to dead bodies. He even spoke. Did you know fevers have ears? He taught us to do it, so we got to do it. Amen? So what are you and I going to do? We're going to talk to things. We're going to call those things that be not as though they were. Amen? Because that's how Abraham and Sarah received Isaac. And so this whole chapter is an example of how to walk by faith. The whole point of it is to receive righteousness by faith, and then it gives us Isaac to tell us what faith looks like so that you can see the results of faith. How many know our faith is supposed to be working? And your faith does work. And remember, your faith is not to move God. You don't have to move God. He's already been moved. What your faith does, it's by grace. God offered, but you've got a part. Grace, you Faith receives what grace offers. So it's not all about learning what God can do or what God is able to do. God can and he's able to do anything. But a lot of people are not accepting or receiving anything is because they're not using their faith. And so it comes to a point when it's not up to what God can do, it's what you can believe. God can and is able and healing is forever settled. And then people said all the time cuz you all you all believe everybody gets healed. I don't believe everybody gets healed. I believe everybody that wants to that learns how to receive their healing can be healed. That's like saying well everybody gets saved. That's not true. Lots of people are going to die today and go to hell. That should shake you a little more than that. But it's until they receive for Jesus Himself that they have to receive. And you and I can pray and pray and pray for them, but it comes down to the fact that one day when they hear the gospel, they have to receive. It's not about what God can or has done. It's about what you and I can believe. And it's not that hard to believe. Was it that hard for you to get born again? I mean, once you finally heard and decided, you received, Right? Amen. All right. I got to keep going. All right. So what we're going to talk about today is this. It says, um, 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 verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in for faith. Does anyone in the room want to be strong in faith? I don't want to stagger at the promises of God. I don't want to be double-minded. I want to be strong in faith. How? Giving glory to God. So we're going to look at personal worship, giving glory to God. Now, I'm not going to talk to you today about corporate worship. But I will say this. If you become a good personal, you can't have a church that is a glorious church. You can't have a church that is a good worshiping church unless you have it's full of per- people uh, that know how to worship. So your personal worship is very important to our corporate worship. Because if you don't know individually how to worship God, then uh, you can have a bunch of lively stones that come together, but they don't know how to connect to build a spiritual house for God to inhabit. And so it's important that you know how to do this. And so a lot of this is what I'm going to talk about today, because the Bible said um, he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And so strong faith receives from God. Weak faith lets go of the things of God. Can you see that if you're weak in faith, then you're going to let go when the devil comes. But if you're strong in faith, you're going to hold on to everything that God has promised you. Amen? And so we want to be strong in faith. How? Giving glory to God. Now, I want to show you the end result. You all know these scriptures, but I want to remind you about them. Luke chapter 17, verses 1 through 19. Here we have, uh, for time's sake, I'm just going to review it. There's 10 lepers. Uh, nine of them are of the co- Abraham's covenant. One of them is a stranger. They come to Jesus and they ask him for healing. Y'all remember this? And he said, "Do what. Go show yourself to the priest." And the Bible says, "As they went." Everybody say, "As they went." Healing is not always instantaneous, but thank God that sometimes it is. But in this case, I mean, it was almost instant- instantaneous. As they left, what happened? The leprosy began to stay, and and they were healed. And so, h- how that happened? Well. The Lord spoke the word, and they were healed. But then what happened? This one guy, who we later find out is not a covenant man, he turns around. Everybody say, turn around. around. He stopped, and he turned around. Now, see, if you're going to learn some things about how to have strong faith today, you're going to have to learn some things about what it means to truly worship. What it means to truly worship. Listen, in John chapter 4, and this is what I usually teach used when I teach, when I taught Praise Life in our Bible Institute, uh, this was our main scripture, it says, the Lord seeks those to worship him how? In spirit and in truth. The Lord seeks them. The Lord seeks them. There's something about being a worshiper in spirit and in truth. It's not all spirit, and it's not all truth. It's not all word only, because word only can make you dry. Word only can get you to be a Pharisee or a Sadducee, Try, trying to be letter of the law about it. And then, then in spirit, Holy Ghost only makes you, could make you flaky. The two of them, the, he, you need both elements, in word, in truth, and in spirit by the Holy Ghost. You put those two together, you get true worshiper. And so if you got a true worshiper, you got a false worshiper, and you got everything in the middle. You and I are headed towards the true worshiper, right? Anybody who wants to be a true worshiper? And so we see that, and so there's true worship. And so how do you do that? Here, this man had received from the Lord. He turned around, and what do we know that he did? He began to give thanks. Um, He's not coming, listen to me, he's not coming back to get something. You have to be very careful when you learn about anything, because as human beings, we love our buttons and we love our levers. And anytime the word of God is taught, we try to make it into a step by step thing to do. There are step by step things to do, but you got to be careful that you don't become mechanical, that you don't become um, fleshly trying to get God to do something. In other words, when you hear this, you're not saying, Well, I'm going to turn around and give thanks to the Lord, and he's going to make me whole too. Because that's not how this worked. Are you with me? He's not turning around to get something. Anytime you come to worship true 100% worship and you come to get something from God, it's not true worship anymore. Y'all, y'all with me? It ceased to be true worship. You made it something else. Well, I'm just going to get together because I really want God to manifest. Well, so everybody wants God to manifest. But if you're just coming, okay, I'm going to come in and we're going to sing this song just exactly right. Dapo's going to get a hit of note and the angels are going to appear. We're we're just coming together. No, that's really kind of the wrong reasoning to come. I'm not coming to get something. I'm coming to give something. I'm not, listen to me, I'm not coming to get something anymore. I've received everything I need, thank you very much. I'm coming to give you something. I'm coming to get, and see, when you give God something, he can't help himself. He has to give something back, because you're not going to ever one-up him. But it does matter how you come, because when we learn these things, we try to put them into systems and Formats. But you see, he just turned around, and, and, and what did he do? He dropped at his feet. He dropped at Jesus' feet. He turned back, and with a loud voice, everybody say loud voice. In other words, he, didn't, he, didn't, he wasn't doing it to impress anybody because nobody else was there. He, he wasn't using a loud voice to impress the other nine and say, look at me, follow me. He, he turned around because he was grateful. He turned around and with a loud voice glorified God. In other words, he knew where it came from. Didn't say glorified Jesus, said he glorified God. And then he dropped, and he dropped at Jesus' feet. It's a good thing to get to Jesus' feet. In other words, it's a good thing to get down. I'm not saying everybody has to, you know, get on their hands and knees here. But, but even thinking to yourself, you come and you worship him at his feet, giving him Thanks. Giving him thanks. We're going to give him thanks. And then I love this in Luke chapter 17. Again, why did this man come? He wasn't coming for anything. He wasn't coming for anything. He wasn't a child coming. Do I have children in the room? Sure, we're all children. You all know how to work it. Even if you have married, you continue to learn how to work it. Be all sweet, kind. Oh, mama, thank you so much. Because I mean, you know, you know, but the truth of the matter is with God, he cannot be manipulated. So I'm not trying to manipulate him. Well, let's check it. If that's your first response, then you probably are. I'm not trying to manipulate him. If that's your first response, you probably are. And you don't know it. Because we would, how many of you know we all, in this room, we all know better than that? How many of you know his hand's already open? How many of your faith doesn't pry his hand open? But how do I do it then, Pastor Mark? How do I do it? It is just deciding, you know what? It, it's not about seeing something either. I really believe that you did that. That's what Abraham and Sarah did. Abraham and Sarah got to she counted him faithful. Abraham, when they cut the covenant, he believed God. And so he was just grateful. I've done without this child forever. And now you're going to give him to me? I'm just grateful. The leper turned around, dropped at Jesus' feet, and was just what? Grateful. Just thankful. Pastor Ronda did this a few Wednesday nights ago. It's just good manners to be grateful. And gratefulness is one of the highest places of worship you can ever get. i say it again. Gratefulness is one of the highest places of personal worship you can ever get. And then gratefulness is also one of the highest places of corporate worship that you can ever get when from your heart you're just grateful thank you and when Jesus saw it he made a comment were there not nine others who were healed i did something for them now now listen he's not going to take back what he did for them and they still got theirs listen to me you can get yours without being grateful cuz it's a covenant You can learn to work the word, but it'll leave you dissatisfied. Because you can have everything and yet not have Him. You can learn to work the word, and I need you, and God wants you to learn to work the word. But let's take another step beyond working the word. Let's get to the worker of the word, let's get to Him. How do you get to him? You just got, I'm just going to be grateful. I'm going to, I'm going to turn around. If nobody else turns around, I'm going to turn around. I'm not doing this to impress you. I'm going to turn around. And, I'm to, and then when he did that, the Lord said, where were the other nine? And he said, but this man, because you're grateful, your faith. Uh, what, what, what? I thought it was his worship. It wasn't his worship that made him whole. It was his faith that made him whole. His worship displayed his faith. His thankfulness displayed his faith. And Jesus said, your faith, not your worship, your faith, come on, listen to me, because we get this messed around sometimes, and therefore we're trying to do things and work things, then it really comes back to faith you you received from me because you worship me yes but it's because you were grateful but you didn't come back you weren't grateful you weren't trying to do something you just came back to say thanks and what is that that's the highest form of faith that there is you're just you're just grateful and when you see when you see it mm-hmm. I'm not having to see something in this natural realm manifest when I see the word of God. When 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 Abraham and Sarah heard about this time next year, you're gonna have a son. They eventually, Sarah took about three months, they became what? Grateful. They didn't see him, but because they, they grew strong in faith, their, their faith was strong, giving glory to God. So all this time, as they had this happen, they were giving glory to God. Not because they were trying to get him to do something, but because they They were grateful that he'd already done something, even though it not appeared yet. It can't be manufactured. I can't get up here and say, everybody, let's be grateful. We can have a form of God. We can have a form of true worship, but we can only, it's really only partial true worship. True worship only comes when you're really grateful to God. And I can't do that for you. A praise worship team can't do that for you. Nobody can do that for you. Only that's between you and God. But if we can get everybody in the room to be grateful, if we can get everybody to be a personal worshiper who's grateful, when you enter in this place, it won't take a minute. It'll be like the last 20 seconds of your microwave popcorn popping. Y'all like that? Me too. I've waited and waited. How many times do I want to pull it out? Because there's some in there, and I want it now. But if I'll just wait that last 30 seconds, I'll get a whole bag. Paul and Silas were in prison, Acts chapter 16. They were beaten because they uh, cast the devil out of that girl, right? Paul and Silas in jail, beaten, probably bound. They begin to pray and do what? Sing praises. Everybody say worship. Well, this time we know what? The prisoners heard them. So also true worship, don't care who hears and don't care who doesn't hear. So the first guy didn't care who heard. The second two, they didn't care if they heard. Now, I used to preach this a long time ago before Revelation. That this is how you get out of prison, is worship God till he comes. But really, don't raise your hand, but I think most of, believe that, but, but something happened. I think I heard someone say something partially about it, and then it just kind of dropped on me. Because remember when they, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, and I know everybody uses the midnight term, but I also believe God's right early, hallelujah, he doesn't have to show up at midnight. Is usually a midnight God because we have midnight faith. And so, but he shows up. Hallelujah. But it says there was an earthquake, so it wasn't a natural earthquake. It was a God quake. How do I know it was a God quake? Because nothing was destroyed. Their, their bands were loose. The prison doors were open. And remember what happened to the jailer. What happened to the jailer? He started to kill himself, right? And what did Paul say? Do yourself no harm. We're all everybody we're still here now if you was praying and praising to get out I, I mean I don't know I wish I I wish I could say you know I wish I could say I wish I could I can't honestly stand up here in the anointing in the presence of God telling you I wouldn't have run for all that I was worth <laughs> I, I don't I can't say I can't I wish I could say better but I, you know I'm just being real um <laughs> But they weren't doing it to get out. It's, true worship doesn't depend on circumstances. I'm going to worship you when it looks good. And I'm going to worship you when it looks bad. I'm going to be grateful when I just got healed. And I'm going to be grateful with my head hanging out of stock. And my back just got beat. That puts a whole different deal on it. They weren't singing and praying to get out. They were just grateful. Maybe to be used of God. To have set somebody free. Jesus paid a higher price than this. And God, if you want to use me, I'm grateful. And they began to worship him and pray and thank him. And an earthquake came. And they weren't praying and praising to get out. Because they said, we're still here. And then what happened? Well, one of the greatest things ever. Then that jailer and his whole house got saved. And water baptized. I'm just telling you. And then um, Jim Quillen says that this is my scripture. Like if I had a picture by a scripture in the Bible, it would be First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Let's look at it. Whom having not seen... In other words, I don't have to see the promise. You love. Go ahead. Keep that back up. Having not seen, you love. 1 Peter 1.18. 1 Peter 1.8. I said 18. It's my scripture and I can't even get the right verse. 1 Peter 1.8. Whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not, you believe. Everybody say, I believe. believe. What's the proof that you believe? What's the proof that you believe? What's the manifestation of strong faith? Giving glory to God. What's the proof? Well, how can we tell if we're really in faith? It's not so hard. People ask all the time, well, how can we really tell if we're in faith? Well, it's not so hard. You can tell by what you're saying. What's Luke 6, 45 say? Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. It's not so hard. How can you tell if you're really giving glory to God? Well, you love him, and even though you can't see him or see the answer, yet believing. You do what? You rejoice. Now, you don't just rejoice. In other words, now listen to me. It's not just, I believe and put on, all right? In other words, sometimes you got to put it on. People say, oh, they're just being a put on. Well, sometimes you got to put it on. But really when you're in faith, there's a difference here when you really, I believe something. And even though I don't see it with my eyes, I rejoice. But I'm not just rejoicing, I'm rejoicing with something. I'm rejoicing with something. I'm rejoicing with joy, which is a fruit of the spirit. I'm rejoicing with joy. And, when I, and when, it, when I really have something, I can rejoice with joy, and it's unspeakable. And then when it gets there, it gets full of glory. Some of you are looking for the full of glory, but it always starts in faith. It always starts in faith. It always starts in faith. I believe something, and so I rejoice. How do I rejoice? With joy. I rejoice with joy. In other words, there comes a point when it's not put on anymore. It's something on the inside because I believe something. I believe something. I'm thankful for something. I rejoice with joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Then what? Receiving the end receiving the end. You want to get to the end? You want to see God manifest? You want to see it show up? Then you believe something. And when you believe something, you rejoice. And how do you rejoice? With joy. What is the joy? It's the Lord's. It's the joy of the Lord. It's my strength. I rejoice with joy. It becomes unspeakable. It becomes hilarious. I I just get so full of God. And then what happens? The glory of God shows up. And when the glory of God shows up, I receive the end. How did it start? I believe something. And because I believe something, I about I'm not putting it on anymore. I really believe something. I really believe something. I really believe something. I believe about this time next year. I'm going to have a son. His name is I, and then, then what is that? Then, I, and all this is working at the same time. Remember the Lord told me, and I told you, it's like the engine of a car. Everything in this, in Romans chapter 4, is working together. Sometimes when you're deficient in an area, the Lord will make you deal with that area. You know, I I would like to, if I could mention a part of an engine of a car, do they still have spark plugs? I don't know. But do they? I don't know. Some guy's going to come up and say, Pastor Mark, let me teach you. No, please don't. Um, I got other stuff. And so I go to Toyota. How do they, so... I trust them, and so uh, I've worked with them a lot of years. Trust them, and, and but but I mean, if your spark plugs aren't working, doesn't mean the whole engine's bad. Throw it away. Would you do that? Yet with faith, that's what people do. Well, this don't work. It does work. Maybe you don't work. I heard Brother Keith say one time, let me put it on him so you won't be mad at me this morning. It's about tithing. People, someone said to him one time, he said, uh, I tried this tithing thing and it don't work. He said, that's not what happened. Tithing tried you and you don't work. Because <laughs> tithing works. The word works. Well, I tried that word thing. I, try, I, try, I tried to say what the word said and it didn't work. It does work. Just like Joseph, the dream tried him until its manifestation. This works, and sometimes when the engine of the car is not working, there's one part that won't work. Is this the part for you that's not working? Is this the part for you that's not working? Ask the Lord. Lord, I just I just want to be grateful. I am grateful. Ask the Holy Holy Ghost to help you get into a place of true worship where you're really, really grateful. You're not doing this for any reason except to tell God, thank you. And it's really coming from your heart. Thank you. Developing the attitude of gratitude. Thank you. I rejoice with joy, unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of my faith. I've done it again. Um, Number some things, just real quick. Then you can take this. Eat, how do you cultivate it? You've got to realize it's something you do all day long. It's not something you do on Sunday mornings. You need to do it on Sunday mornings. I wish you'd do it on Sunday mornings. But this is something you got to do all day long. What, what does the Bible say? I, I, you can look at Psalms 34 and 1, Psalms 71 and 8. It says... What are we going to do? We're going to, we're going to worship the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you begin to develop this in your life? Anything that happens that's good. I mean, every good and perfect thing comes from God. So when something good happens to you, acknowledge who sent it. Well, I worked hard for that. Good for you. But every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. Uh, There was a problem at work, and I I somehow got it fixed. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. I don't care if you acknowledge it in front of everybody, because real Thanksgiving doesn't care who's listening or who doesn't listen. But if someone wants to corner you and tell you how great you are, uh, it would be better for you to put it back up vertical and say, well, the Lord helped me. Thank God for it. Amen. 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 I know when I first came back to the Lord, I, w- I really wasn't intending to do this. But when I was working at my accounting job, I just got a hold of this. And I think my boss got tired of it because everything good that I did, I would thank God for it. And she's like, God didn't do that. You did it. I was like, no, he didn't. Uh, I-, I didn't do it. God-, God helped me do it. And if she really knew how much God helped me do it, hallelujah. Um, because, it, you know, a lot of it was just hard. Um, but, but you understand what I'm saying. And then, you know, the Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, in everything, give thanks. Ephesians five twenty says, for all things, give thanks. So developing um, and cultivating an attitude of gratitude all the time is very important. So how many of you know, how do you do that? Well, if something bad's, ha- well, Lord, I just thank you for the car wreck I got in today. No, you don't thank God for a car wreck because he didn't cause it. Lord, I thank you. Even if your car's all crunched up. Lord, thank you for helping me walk away from this. Lord, thank you for helping me walk away from this. Pastor Rhonda almost got into a serious accident, and she was thanking God because it was miraculous that nothing happened. I mean, everything. Give him glory. Give him honor. And when you begin to cultivate that, then it's just it's, it's a response that you have. And so you're not trying to get something from him. You're being grateful for what you have. Remember that old song? See, I, I remember some songs when I was growing up. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. What's the rest of it? See what God has done. I don't know anything after that. Uh, 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 it'd be just good. But you see, and, and some of it might, have, you have to, might start on purpose, but if you cultivate that, then when something happens, you're... it's good sometimes to be able to get away for a few minutes or an hour and just thank God. But if all day long you acknowledge Him, listen to me. I'm going to say something. Don't nobody get mad at me or throw anything. I believe the Lord would rather you be that kind of person than have to wait two months or till Sunday morning for you to come and put on a, a thank you hallelujah show. I like those. Go ahead with yourself. But my my point is, if you do it all day long, then you won't have to put it on anymore. It'll be who you are. It'll be who you are. And when you are that way, you're going to be like the leper. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. When you get into trouble, he's going to loose you and let you go. It's so important. How, how, how do we do it? How do we do it? Now listen, I'm, I got lots more scripture, but I'm going to give you this one. Matthew 15, 8 and 9. Let's look at this, and then we're going to go. This people draws near to me with their mouth. I said, well, you know, I thought God wants your mouth. He does. Hebrews 13:15 says, by him, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. What is the sacrifice? That sacrifice doesn't mean um, do it when you don't feel like it. That's Western translation of a eastern verbiage when they saw sacrifice they knew old testament what kind of sacrifice did god want don't don't you give me no crippled up thing don't you give me uh matted you know wool i want i want the best fluffy you got right right that's what it's talking about highest and best everybody say highest and best what is the highest and best that is the fruit of your lips giving thanks to God God needs your words I appreciate clapping you can do that but if you clap without words you're just clapping I don't mind hand clapping I like it it makes things livelier but you got to open your mouth because God's not after your hand clap he's after your words Because God can't manifest Himself in a hand clap, He manifests Himself in words. And so you need to get good. Now listen to me, don't want to make anybody mad and clap on, everybody say clap on, clap on. Anyway, so it's fine. But listen to me, if you're really worshiping God personally at home, I doubt that you're clapping. Right? Why? Because it really didn't do anything. Because I can't imagine you just in your kitchen going like this. What you going to do? You're going to lift your hands. You're going to open your mouth. You're going to worship him. Again, now listen to me. Hand clapping is good. Let's all clap because I don't want anyone getting all stiff on me. Everybody clap in the room. I'm all for it. If I say something good, you can clap. But if you want God to come in your life, you're going to have to open your mouth. You're going to have to open your mouth. By him let us offer the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. Back to Matthew. Aren't, weren't we in Matthew? <laughs> God, what? He said, People draw nigh me with their mouth, they honor me with their lips. What is the whole point of true worship? Yes, he wants your words. But more than he wants your words, he wants you. And you see, that leper, God had him. Because he didn't come back to get something. He just came back to say thanks. And the, the, where, I know this better than I'm teaching this. When you get to a place where you're just grateful. And it's in your heart. It'll show up out of your mouth. And sometimes. Because this is where I got, and I got. I got to tell you. Y'all doing good. Keep playing. When I, I know sometimes you get maybe tired of hearing my stuff, but you're not up here preaching. I am. So I got to tell you. Um, when I came back to the Lord, I was delivered. I was going, and I'm, and I'm not trying to be funny, but I was going through my own personal hell. I didn't really want to live anymore. When my sister drugged me into a church like this, the Lord instantaneously changed my life. He instantaneously changed my life and I was so grateful I was so grateful I don't want to die anymore I wanted to live I I I, I, I wanted to change I I, I I used to go to work and run home from work and eat real quick so I could just spend some time with him because I was so grateful that he changed my life. And then I wasn't yet filled with the Holy Ghost praying in other tongues. And my heart was so full that you're wonderful, you're excellent, you're awesome, you're awesome, you're so good, you're the best, you're You're, you're amazing. Um, I tried every word that I knew. And, and, and that's why I wanted more. That's why I wanted to tell him in a heavenly language. I knew that's the only way I could be satisfied with how good he really is and how grateful I really was. And when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, something was satisfied because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. Not only intelligible English, Spanish, French words, but also words in a heavenly language that will satisfy you. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. The Lord is not after your words only. He's after your heart. Because if He has your heart, He'll get your tongue. And if he has your tongue, he can steer your whole body. And if he has your heart, you can walk in faith and receive the promises of God that are yes and amen. What he doesn't want from you is a mechanical way of serving him. Do this, don't do this, be this, say this, blah, blah, blah. All those those are outworkings and that's great. But God just wants your heart. He just wants all of you. He doesn't want a part of of you. He wants all 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 of you. He wants your attention at 6 in the morning when you get up, when you're brushing your teeth and he wants your attention at 10, 30 or 11 when you go to bed he wants your attention while you're making your millions, he wants your attention while you're playing on the golf course and hitting a birdie, I even pray God you hit an eagle, whatever you gotta do why four birdies and eagles, I don't know why we're after them, but, but are you saying what I'm, are you understand what I'm saying he wants you everywhere you're at and you can say thank you in the middle of while you're taking a test at school you can say thank you while you're in the middle of a board meeting you can say Thank you while you're in a car line trying to get on the arsenal. You can say thank you while you're at church remembering everything that he's done. You can say thank you when you're in the emergency room and it looks really bad. You can say thank you. You can say thank you. You can say thank you because he's delivered you even when you don't feel delivered. You can say thank you when everything looks like it's falling apart and you know you've got his word. His promise is sure. And he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Give him a thank you. Give him a thank you. Tell him you're grateful. And let it be genuine. Cultivate it. Cultivate it all day long.